This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Neff Torres, the founder and CEO of People First Employment, a full-service staffing provider that services the manufacturing, distribution, and call center industries. Neff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. Glad to be here. You bring a lot of energy, man. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about this. I know you're a little <laughs> nervous in the podcast studio, but you do have a lot of energy and a lot of passion for what you do, so this can be a great conversation. Yeah, I definitely feel a little bit nervous, to be quite frank. This is my <laughs> first time filming something like this or being a part of a podcast, so... Uh, I've been, uh, it kept me up all night, but I think really? I'll be all right. Yeah, oh, just okay. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So you're running on <laughs> artificial <laughs> energy here. Just artificial energy, yeah. No, we'll get into it. We're also going to talk with Nicole Pulley, the owner of Interior Affairs, an interior design company that specializes in multifamily and commercial projects and has the only wallpaper showroom in San Antonio. One of two in Texas, if I'm not mistaken, or one of three? One of three. One of three yeah. in Texas. So congratulations on that and Thanks welcome so to much. the show. Thank you. Great. Happy to be here. In studio with us today is Heather Bame, a certified business coach that works with business owners to gain clarity in business and achieve their goals and who is my business coach. Heather, welcome back to the show. Always happy to be here. Have good conversations. And I'm your host, uh, Mark Ebinger, the owner of Krukus Marketing Agency, a company that specializes in giving small businesses a competitive edge by hiring lead generation and administrative experts from the Philippines for as little as seven bucks an hour. Great people. I've got about, I don't know, 17 or 18 employees now for over there, and it's just, it's amazing. There's great people to work with. A quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And if you're a business owner in the San Antonio area and would like to have your company featured on the show, visit our website at satalkradio.com or call our office at 210-960-8210. That's 210-960-8210. Yes, I did that without reading my paper. I am a professional. Just memorize now. <laughs> have you ever come across anyone who you ask them what their phone number is these days and they're like, Yeah. It's they just increasing. don't know it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. I yeah. just push the button that says Neff Torres and it calls him. I don't yeah. know just what his send number you is. My contact number. card, please. Have you guys right. seen the memes that uh, where it's like how we used to uh, call block somebody in the eighties? Child of the eighties, you guys are nineties. Eighties baby, really? Yeah. 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 All right. Awesome. Cool. I don't want to date you, but you know what I mean. That, but yeah. As far as <laughs> age goes, right? But yeah, the eighties were a great time. But I remember that too. We just take take the phone off the hook, and they couldn't bother us anymore. Yeah. Right. So. Now they have the QR codes where, yes. you know, those are really convenient, especially if you're out in an event. And uh, I saw someone recently and I thought to myself, I got to get this thing done because it's a pain to carry your cards. And, you know, it's expensive, too. Right. Like you keep running through those business cards. So. So uh, the best one I've seen so far. So there's some guys over at uh, was it do work or something like that? Mm -hmm. um, great, great networking guys. Bitly. Bitly. Bitly has a really, it's the only one that I have personally seen that works with the iPhone and the Android. Nice. Because every time somebody's like, oh, you just scanned, I've got an iPhone, right? And they're very sensitive. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, it won't work. I, it doesn't, the VR card thing does not work. So I don't know what the deal is. But if you haven't, if you're thinking about it, check out Bitly for sure. Well, and especially from a calling standpoint, you know, if you're going to call someone, it's nice when you're name and number and photo is just auto-saved in their right, phone. Right. Because I know like when I was in real estate, I had to constantly call AT&T and get my phone taken off the spam caller oh, list because yeah. I was just calling people all the time and they were like, you are a scammer. I was like, no, I'm just a real estate agent. <laughs> just let I'm me just call my work. people. Like, good grief. So it's just nice to be able to already 
navigate that block by having your number saved. So uh, yeah. we are not sponsored. Bitly, the future. <laughs> is, that, is that a plug? The future is now. The future is now. <laughs> I like that. I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. I should trademark that, right? Right. I don't know. Okay, uh, so first up on the show is Neff Torres, the founder and CEO of People First Employment, a full-service staffing provider that services the manufacturing, distribution, and call center industries. Neff, I'm excited to have you here. Uh, we met at a networking event and uh, our networking lunch, and you've got great energy, super positive. So it was kind of a no-brainer to ask you to come on the show. And I love the idea of staffing. You do more staffing, like in-person staffing, you know what I mean, uh, boots on the ground. I do it more on the virtual side, so we've got a lot in common. Right. So how did you get involved in the staffing world? Well, truthfully, it was it was kind of a natural path for me. Uh, my sisters were both involved in recruitment at the time, and uh, I had been doing sales and just kind of working at local restaurants and, and meeting a ton of people. And I saw the need that uh, even that ownership had for consistent employees to be in their building if not their business just didn't function so listening to my sisters come home from work and talk about their day and then being able to see that uh you know from a functionality standpoint i really felt like oh this is great but i didn't think i was going to get into it i was actually doing some banking i was with wells fargo and chase and a good friend of mine said hey i really think you'd be good at this and uh you know, I, I took a stab at it. I left everything that I was building over at Wells Fargo um, to come over and, and give this a shot. And I fell in love with uh, the purpose behind uh, staffing an organization, right? Not necessarily the um, organization that I had gone to work for because, you know, it becomes a mill in certain uh, um, entry-level points for a business, right? But when you really start to... Uh, break down what it means to help an organization find uh, great employees that move their business forward. You also have to look at the flip side and see what it does for that individual uh, to be able to put food on their table. So um, my my first experience in staffing really allowed for me to uh, find passion uh, in what I was doing. And I had tried a few different uh, avenues, different work platforms. And I just didn't feel like that same level of passion. I could make money in it, right? Because I felt like I could sell anything. Right? But, <laughs> but, in the rea but in reality, I didn't feel like I was solving an issue that was near and dear to my heart. And staffing gave me that. So as soon as I came in, I had an immediate impact, some some success and uh, you know, followed with with some uh, you know uh, adversity in my personal life, uh, and uh, and so, but I, you know, it never it was it was a career path that I never wanted to get away from. Even though life took me away from it, I just kind of hopped back into it, right? And so, uh, I'm here, 16 years in, going on my 17th year now, wow. and uh, I feel like I'm. Uh, in a space where, you know, my business is, is benefiting from, you know, me staying in the pocket and, and learning everything that I can and trying to stay ahead of that, that learning curve that is our ever-changing world within staffing, right? So Wow, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I love that you found your passion. You, you know, never work a day if you love what you do or whatever. Which <laughs> sometimes <work>. that's, that's <laughs> not quite true, um, right. but... One of the first things you said was consistent staffing. And if we want to just jump into the meat and potatoes of like everyone's biggest question is your staffing company. One of the biggest problems we hear nowadays is I cannot get people to show up. What do you do to mitigate that? Right. Well, there are many different levels to that question, right? Because uh, an organization that says for every organization that says that they can't find good staff and good employees, uh, 
are there's another organization that says we're doing just fine, mm-hmm. right? And so when you start to break down what each organization is doing, you you begin to see some of the inconsistencies of those that are having trouble, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, whether that be from a cultural standpoint or an alignment with the market and pay, uh, there are definitely some layers to why an organization might not be doing well. And I think post-COVID, individuals are looking for something different. It's got to be a deeper meaning. If I'm going to leave my family for 40 hours a week and I'm going to go work somewhere, um, there has to be purpose. There has to be growth outside of my monetary compensation. There has to be an intellectual compensation also, right? Because this may not be the last place I come to work. So uh, organizations that are doing really well in this pocket right now, they're finding success in investing in their core group of of associates and having that ecosystem feed all the new associates that are coming through that door. So they, they tend to see a better retention. They tend to see a happier workforce. Subcultures get built within that organization and it becomes this this real community, right? And so there's there's definitely room for improvement when an organization says, I just can't find staff. Well, I see a ton of people walk through my office every day looking for work. They're just looking for the right place to work, right? And so how do we create that? So that's really incumbent upon uh, employers to focus on creating an atmosphere within their organization that is positive and that is nurturing and it is intellectually challenging, allows them to grow in whatever path that they're looking to grow in. Um, And then just subculture too, you know what I mean? We talked about this uh, offline where we talked about sub the, the... Creating a, a hub that is strong and, right. and, and that can resist, you know, the virus, the, the bad employee that maybe works their way in, but they can't penetrate that core and then they'll go on about their way. But that core stays tight. That's exactly it. I think having that that buy into the mission of the company too. no longer are we in the days where employees are just fine with being a cog in the wheel. Right. A cog right. in the wheel for seven fifty an hour where they don't really know why they're doing it every day. They want to buy into something bigger too. We all went through COVID. We all went through, you know, being at home with our families and and having to reevaluate what our world looked like. So how can companies create that that vision that everyone can buy into and give them a path to success? What would your take be on that? Because you come from it from the employee's perspective. How do you coach businesses to be the place that employees want to land? Right. Um, I would say it starts with senior leadership. If if senior leadership is plugged into the mission and it's being talked about and it's being referenced on a daily, weekly basis, uh, it, staff meetings, um, opportunities where you can really um, hone in on, on the purpose of the organization, uh, then you'll begin to see that be an infectious energy amongst the organization, the production. You see numbers get better. You see people happier. You see uh, less people calling in, right? And the ecosystem, uh, as Mark was talking about, begins to protect itself. It it creates an environment where someone who is not driven uh, to see that mission through uh, is just unable to really survive within that space, right? And, um, you know, individuals want to know that the organization that they're putting all this effort into uh, has a future, Right. Because everything we, we see it all too often right now where organizations become obsolete. Uh, they're not making the proper advancements within their field or their vertical in order to survive the next 10 to 15 years. So as an individual, if I'm looking for work, I'm going to 
you know, I'm going to break down whether this, this type of work is going to be around the next five to 10 years. Right. Uh, and so how do you, how do you get to a space where you're having that dialogue or you're creating different avenues within your operation in order to, to feed that, 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 um, that next space that you're going to be breaking into. And that's hard to do. I mean, really, when I talk to my clients, there's some things that are going on within their workspace that they have no control over, right? Or that are difficult for them to pivot from because that's their bread and butter. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it doesn't mean that it will be there in the next five to 10 years. Uh, And, you know, I hear this all the time. Well, we just don't have the time to invest in. Um, And the minute that you Mm -hmm. say that to me, then it shows me that your long-term thinking isn't necessarily aligned and isn't necessarily aligned with, you know, what you're trying to accomplish in your objectives, right? Your objectives are, are nearsighted. And so it's, it's definitely a dynamic that you begin to break down as you're, you're really uh, doing a temperature check on the organization, trying to find pain points and really identifying what their uh, vision is for the next five to 10 years. Because w- another thing that, that organizations aren't really taking into account are that there are, there are older generations that are moving out of the workforce and you got your millennials, right? Which I happen to be a part of. And then you have your your Gen X or, or your Gen Z. Gen Z. Gen Z. And Wild. their wants and needs are different. <laughs> a ton of value in that space, though. Yeah. A ton of value with those individuals because they grew up with technology in their hand, mm-hmm. right? And so how can you create a space for them within your organization that not only fulfills you filling a seat and, and getting a task done, but really propels your business to that next stage, right? And so if I'm going to go into the future, I need minds of the future to be attached to that. So if I can really work to figure out what drives an individual, then now I can create a game plan around their success within a roadmap, right? Within their success within our organization. And so... Super important to be able to lead. Right. So your leadership has to be able to then lead these particular pockets of generations that are coming through, keep them inspired to do the things that they need to do and to continue learning. Right. But well, let's talk about what is staffing. Why would somebody, what are the advantages of using a staffing company like yours? Um, mine in particular is you get me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come in and break it down. I'm going to have a tough conversation with you around your deficiencies. And that might not be something you want to hear. So I'm not everyone's cup of tea. And I'm okay with that because I'm looking for the individual organizations that are ready to make that leap and ready to bridge that gap. And if you're not, then you and I are not really speaking the same language. Well, the purpose right? of, of doing a discovery process like that where you're looking for maybe inefficiencies or, or gaps in whatever's going on is for the benefit of the company, right? It's not a, it's, Even if there is a teardown in the process, it's about building up. And sometimes you have to tear the sheetrock off the walls so that you can come up with something better, maybe some wallpaper. You know what I mean? I like that plug. Well, I mean, if the the sheetrock's all messed up, it needs to come down. You need to have something else, right? If it's textured, it's not going to work with the wallpaper as well as if it's been taped, if it's been floated properly and it's prepared for it. So sometimes teardown's necessary. But when that's the the, the mindset you're bringing to the table here, right, is it's about let's analyze and then let's see what's wrong we'll talk about what's wrong and then we'll make sure that we can fill in those holes right right and and again easier said than done because when you start telling an organization about their deficiencies not everyone's ready to listen even though they went in with that intention um because it costs money to make those changes up front and so everyone's worried about their PL and what that bottom line says, but they don't see the advantages of making those changes today over the course of five years, two years, the next six months, right? And so 
again, going back to that um, workforce that's kind of leaving, you know, and retiring, and you got this new workforce coming in, it's best to be on the front end of that bandwagon, right? So making the change now, I think, is pivotal for yeah. organizations. And that's a conversation I have on almost a daily basis with with business owners. It's what are you doing to work on your business, not right. in your business. And we get so caught up in the right now. But as business owners, as entrepreneurs, that's not the job. The job is to be looking five, 10 years down the line and, mm-hmm. and be asking ourselves, how is the market changing? How do I need to pivot? How do I need to shift? And having the hard conversations about what am I doing wrong so right. that I can fix it and leverage my time and energy to my staff so that I can focus on five, 10 years. Right, right. It's easier said than done. Easier said than done. Absolutely. Like you're saying. And like you, as, as you asked me, what, what are the benefits? There, there are several layers to what a, a staffing organization, a true partner could do for, uh, you know, a prospective client, right? Number one is we mitigate risk. So I manage all workers comp and payroll. I float payroll. So I'm kind of like a bank also, right? Because I'm, I'm loaning you, you know, wow. this, this payroll for the next two to three weeks at a time. And so uh, it really allows for a cash flow to be freed up. Uh, for the right organization, that could be crucial. Um, and then in addition to that, it, we work as an extension of an HR function, right? So we're, we're a resource, we're a value add, uh, where we will do the dirty work and dive into any laws that may be changing around employment and then get that back over to you and get you ahead of the curve so that you you don't fall you know, to victim to, to a change that you didn't see coming, right? Uh, but we also work as an extension of your recruitment team, right? Not a lot of organizations have the funding power to bring in a staff strictly to recruit for their next open role. So my team is doing that all day long. And if we do it correctly based on the standards that are and guidelines that our client gives us, then I'm able to really build a client profile and put two, three recruiters on open orders for my client, get those orders filled and have them generating cash flow from those those orders being filled, right? With the right individual. And that's the important part. A lot of agencies out there, they run their business like a mill because they're just looking for that bottom line where we're a little bit more methodical in our approach. We're going to take our time. And, and I always tell my prospective clients, I say, listen, I'm, I'm like that new school technology mixed with the old school customer service and feel, right? I'm going to be in your business. I'm going to be in your business. We're going to make changes. We're going to adjust. And so as long as you're open to that, then I'm the right fit in this space, right? And so- Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Neff, uh, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Well, you can reach out to me. Uh, I'll give you my direct cell phone number here. I don't even know if that's a safe thing to do. Yeah, well, you can always I've had it for your years. website or what's your yeah. office number. Oh, yeah. That's typically what I'll do. <laughs> like me, I always give my office number out. Well, uh, I'll give my cell phone number out because it's easier to reach me there, and I have no problem answering calls that come my way. Uh, you can reach me at 562-774-5745. I know it's a California number. I am a transplant here in San Antonio, guys. Uh, but I've been here for close to, well, we got nine months now. My office has been o- open for a little bit over a year. Uh, my family my family and I transplanted here uh, when I just wanted to get my hands a little bit more around our operation. Um, so I've been here for about nine months now. And uh, and you can also reach me via email, neff.torres at peoplefirstemployment.com. Awesome. Thanks, Neff. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We went from talking staffing to talking just leadership. Heads up, business owners. That's where it is, right? (laughs) All right. Next up on the show is Nicole Pulley, the owner of Interior Affairs, an interior design company that specializes in multifamily and commercial projects and the only wallpaper showroom here in San Antonio, the only one you can find. Uh, Nicole, welcome to the show. 
Hi. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right. So I know that you are in interior design, but we really want to talk about that showroom that you opened. How long has it been here? Well, uh, we purchased the showroom about two years ago uh, in the midst of COVID. I know crazy, but uh, there is a method to the madness. You probably got a good deal on it, right? I'm well, guessing during COVID. <laughs> Everything was on sale, it seemed like. Right. And actually, it was a wallpaper store prior to us buying it. So it was there for 34 years, and the owners retired. Mm. Their son was running it, and I got a call one day asking if I wanted to purchase some wallpaper books. And I thought, I don't really have a need for, you know, 200 wallpaper books, but what's going on? Are they going out of business? She says, I don't know. So I called and talked to the owner's son. And he says, yeah, we're going to close. And I said, oh, no, you can't. Where are we going to buy wallpaper from? <laughs> so I asked him, would you be open to selling? And he says, yeah, we would. So I went and met with uh, his parents. And two years later, here we are. So, And what a great time to jump into wallpaper because it is everywhere these days. It is back. It is really back. And I know that when I first talked about opening a wallpaper showroom, some of my friends were like, wallpaper? Like, who does wallpaper anymore? But it has evolved so much because a lot of times we think of wallpaper and we think of our grandmother's wallpaper with the little pink flowers and mm -hmm. I remember my parents bought their house um, way back in the early 70s and they used to offer wallpaper in the dining room and in the, the master bath and they had this flocked wallpaper and I was just fascinated with this stuff. I'd be in there rubbing and get <laughs> your hands off my wallpaper but it's come so far um, and now the flocked actually has come back around but there's so many different trends in wallpaper now so it's not just your plain standard. We've got LED wallpaper in the store. Yeah let's talk about yeah, LED wallpaper. First that. of all there's only a couple places in Texas doing that, right? Yes. Uh, okay, so yes. what's the deal there? What, what does that mean, LED wallpaper? LED wallpaper is actually custom-made from a company in the, in the U.K., and myself and one other company, I believe she's in the Fort Worth area, uh, but we're the only two that carry it. So it basically incorporates LED lights, little small mini lights, into the actual wallpaper. So you pick your own background, you pick your own design, and depending on which design you pick, those lights are incorporated into it accordingly. So there's all kinds of different styles and designs. It's great for a theater room. I'm sure you've probably seen where you, people do the, the black on the ceiling. It looks like stars at night. Oh, wow. uh, we have something similar to that, too. Um, and just wherever you want to put it, it's great for an accent area. It's good for a bedroom, just end of a hallway wow. where it's blank. But just, how does that work? How does We it... can either hardwire it or you can plug it into a regular 110 outlet. Okay, but how do you not end up with bubbles in your wallpaper? There are no bubbles in it. Right, you have right. to actually see it. I should have brought the sample with me, but uh, I yeah, didn't. So do you come but... in through the sheetrock? Or, or no, no, no. The it's actually there? The LED lights are actually on the backside of the wallpaper. Oh, so, so it's we, a thick wallpaper then, I'm guessing? Not really. It's not really Those too thick. Those lights are really thin, though. Um, yeah, it's, it's hmm. pretty like thin. It's not a regular paper. paper. Size. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit thicker than that, and it's a little bit textured. Mm -hmm. So that helps to be able to have the, the LED lights inside of it. So, But it's seamless. You don't see anything. Our installers put it up, and it's smooth as can be, which is kind of the allure of it because mm -hmm. you look at it and you think, well, wow. how'd you get those lights in the so wall? So what are some examples of what are you doing with that? Uh, people want that in their theater rooms. Uh, we've done it in a uh, nightclub here in San Antonio. Mm. We've had a couple of people do it. They had a, like an end of a hallway, and it was just kind of blank, nothing there. We put it there. Uh, so there's, it can basically be put anywhere. How long does something like that last? I would be worried about them going out. Yeah, well, it lasts about 50,000 hours, which, which equiv uh, equates to about six years. Okay. So if you left it plugged in 24-7 for six years, 
that's the lifespan you'd get out of it, which no one leaves it plugged in 24-7. Yeah. So you've got a good nine, ten years of well, use the, out of it. The thing about wallpaper, I would imagine, is one of its appeals is that you can, you know, you wouldn't want to change it out super often, right. but it is something that you, I mean, it's like paint. You can change it out when your style changes or you, you want can. to change the vibe of a room. You can. Is that a process? Well, actually, when people come and purchase wallpaper, I always suggest get something that you love, not something that you like, something that you love. You have to have this in your space because, like you said, it is something that's not going to be changed out every because that can get expensive, obviously, yeah. depending on what you pick. Um, but I always tell people get something that you absolutely love. There's grass cloth, which is a particular type of wallpaper. It's from a it comes from bamboo and it's it's then handmade and hand stained. So it's a natural product that goes on the wall. You've probably seen it and just don't realize that's what it's <laughs> called. I have grass cloth in, in my house in two areas. And the good thing about that is that you can paint over it because I actually painted mine. Oh, wow. So I had it up there for a while, got tired of looking at the color. It was a quite the process, but I did end up painting it. Uh, so that's it's versatile in that respect. So if you don't want to keep the same thing up there, you do have some different options. And we can remove existing wallpaper put up some more. So, but there's just so many different options that are out there. We've got hair on hide now wallpaper. There's some that have ostrich feathers on it. So some of these can be very expensive to very inexpensive. We've got a collection of, of our budget friendly wallpapers and they, they are priced at about $40 a single roll. And then we've got some that go all the way up to, I mean, they could be $900, $1,100 per panel. So it just depends on what you're looking for. And then, of course, everything in between. So you do a lot of work in a commercial space, multifamily dwellings, things like that, right? Yes. Renter-type prop, rental-type properties and stuff like that. So what uh, kind of wallpaper are you using in those areas? So for those applications, we recommend our peel-and-stick. We don't actually install the peel-and-stick, but we do sell the peel-and-stick. It's perfect for renters. It's perfect for people who have an office space, but they can't actually you know, float the wall and put the wallpaper up there because the landlord just doesn't allow for that. Peel and stick is a perfect option. It's also great for, I've had people come in if they're going to have a baby shower or a, a birthday mm. and they can put that on a backdrop and then decorate that and then use that as something for everyone to take pictures with. I had a lady come in and she bought a faux brick peel and stick and she was having an event and she cut it out in circles and put it on the floor and made a Follow the red brick road, oh, or whatever that was. Great so, idea. yeah, so it's it's really versatile. Um, again, it's not recommended for long term use, but it does have its place. And people who are renting apartments or renting homes, it's a perfect option. So it sounds yeah. like you heard about like the original business owners and the original space mm -hmm. as an interior designer. Mm -hmm. You ordered your probably higher end wallpaper from there. But with it being more trendy and renters, I see it all over TikTok. Renters are putting up peel and stick wallpaper to because homeownership has gotten a little bit harder to reach for people. And mm -hmm. more people are wanting to make their rental spaces their own spaces now. How are you guys getting the word out? Well, we, of course, on social media and a lot of it is word of mouth. Uh, mm -hmm. People come in and they'll refer their friends. Uh, I know that there's an area up in New Braunfels and that particular neighborhood has um, a get together every month at someone's, someone else's house, a different house every month. And so some of them have wallpaper. And so 
you know, they want to, hey, we want to have some cool wallpaper too. So I've got a lot of traffic that way. And again, a lot of it is is word of mouth. I've been doing interior design uh, for 17 years. Like what Neff said, you've been in the industry for a long time. And mm-hmm. so once you do that, although majority of that obviously was interior design. However, because we've already established our, our presence, interior affairs, and people just know us. And so when I posted that we've expanded and opened a wallpaper showroom, it just... We were just lucky, I guess, and blessed that we just <laughs> got the business. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, wanting to get rid of wallpaper. Do you guys remove it as well? We do. Well, is we do. that a pro- what kind of process is that? Is it pretty? So hard? it depends. The good thing about wallpaper being up for a long time is that if it was installed properly, it is up there. So a lot of times you won't really have a lot of peeling unless it's the seams. And in Texas, you know, the homes tend to shift because of our our soil that we have here. So. You may get some seams that kind of pop open. In fact, I just went out and did an estimate last week for a couple, and that's exactly what it was. It was intact in most of the area, but in the seams, it was kind of coming apart. So uh, our installers, I'm not an installer, by the way, uh, Mm -hmm. our installers will actually go out and they may have to cut the area only where it's coming apart. And then if they're going to put new wallpaper over it, well, then it's fine. We just need to smooth those areas. The rest of it can remain up there. There are a couple of of exceptions there. For example, if you've got a really dark or bold colored pattern already on the wall and you're putting a lighter color, we may have to just remove the whole thing just because you don't want that old pattern showing through the new Mm. wallpaper. But if it's a thicker type two or commercial wallpaper, then it may actually cover it and we won't have to worry about that. So we take it on a case by case basis, but removal of it, yes, we can absolutely do. Okay. And how long does it usually take for that to happen on an average job? Is it a day process or multi-day process? It would probably be a day process, of course, depending on the size of the job. Um, But if it's a residential project, then it would probably take them a day to remove it and then float the sections that need to be taken care of. And then the next day they'd come back after they let that dry, they'd come back and do the new installation. Let's talk real quick about, uh, because we're almost out of time, but Mm -hmm. your showroom. When people, where is it when they go there, what are they going to experience? Our showroom is located on the southbound access road between Thousand Oaks and Randolph Boulevard. It's right where all the construction is all torn up, and there's only (laughs) one entrance. So, (laughs) but um, it is, the actual physical address is 10219 North Interstate 35. But again, it is on the southbound access road. Um, when when people walk in, we've got, of course, over 500 books so they can look through on our residential side. And then we've got tons and tons of tip cards or little pieces of, um, that's how they display the commercial. The type two wall coverings are on what we call tip cards. So we've got, gosh, thousands of those to look through. We also carry acoustic wall coverings as well, um, like the panels that are like here this, in the studio. Yeah. Exactly. That, um, there's also MDF. Of course, we talked about the LED. We've got textured wallpaper. I mean, anything you can think of for walls, Is we there carry someone it. that, like, you can walk in? Because I would be so overwhelmed by all that. Is there, like, a concierge who I'm like, this is the vibe I want, and they could direct me to? Yes, that would I'm be me. For. Okay, that's staff. you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And because of my interior design background, I'm able to help people, especially if they bring in photos of the space that they're trying okay. to, to update or if they've seen something on Facebook or somewhere that they, I want this wallpaper. If mm-hmm. you bring it in, if I don't have it, I can find it for you. What about having so, you come out to the space and actually see it? We actually do that too. Our you installers come out. We provide free estimates in San Antonio and they'll come out, look at the space, and then you can either come in beforehand and we can measure exactly for your selection or you can come afterwards and we can give you an estimate for that. So, 
Yeah. And as I understand, you guys are expanding into the Austin area. Is that We're correct? looking to do that, yes. Good. We're not, mm-hmm. it's not concrete yet, but we are definitely looking to expand. And just a point of clarification, there are other wallpaper showrooms here, but we're the only one that's open to the public. Right. Oh. So gotcha. there are some other ones that you can go in with your own personal designer. But with ours, you don't need an appointment. You can just come in. We sell to everyone. And I am a designer, so I do understand that. Yes, um, it is helpful to be able to go with your designer. However, not everybody is 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 doing that. Some people just want the wallpaper and either DIY or oh, my brother-in-law knows how to install it or whatever the case may be. So we want to be able to service everybody. Yeah, so DIY is becoming huge now. It is. I mean, and some people enjoy it. You know, you got to give them access to. Yeah, it. that's great. It's not as easy right. as as it. It's Nothing is, shown right? on Instagram <laughs> in 30 seconds. Woohoo, my whole room. No. So it, it doesn't work that way? What? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I thought everything on social media was true. Right. All right. Yeah. So if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Yes. They can call the showroom directly. Our number is 210-600-3475. We also have a website, which is interioraffairssa.com. And on social media, Interior Affairs LLC and Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. And I imagine your Instagram is probably hopping, right? Because you take lots of beautiful pictures. We do. Stuff. We do. Love it. We absolutely do. All right. Well, that was a fast uh, 30 minutes or so, right? It did. All right. As a wrap of the show, quick reminder to check out our podcast and video versions of it as well on our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us. You guys have a great week. We'll see you on the next one. Each other, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys having us.